Happy Friday, theater lovers. Welcome to Sarnia Famous. I'm your host, Dallas. Tonight's guest is Mr. Ron Pask. I am very fond of this man as he saved my life almost nightly as my set buddy backstage for the run of Miracle on 34th Street. Tonight, Ron takes the time to explain the types of committees that are required to keep Theatre Sarnia active and the functions that they serve. So, if you want to get involved in the behind-the-scenes theatre committees, this is the episode for you. Ron also gives us a few details about the upcoming Theatre Sarnia season. All right, on with the show. Okay, welcome to Sarnia Famous, Ron Pass. How we know each other we were stage buddies for Miracle on 34th Street. I can't remember all the things that we had to move, but I just remember that hydraulic set piece that was, oh, was such all... a nightmare. Um, yeah. And every night I almost got trapped between it, the wall, and that drink cart. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. I, to, I like, do. Leap out lightning fast. <laughs> That was the, that. That's something that's just the magic of theater. Nobody in the audience would know any of that stuff that was happening. I mean, us backstage were basically struggling to get things done and and, and everything like that. But everything on the stage looks like it's nice and calm and. Yeah. And uh, that's that's exactly what you want, right? That's what you want to happen, exactly. But meanwhile, it's chaos behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't Just know. adds to the fun. Absolutely, absolutely. So I am curious what inspired you to get involved in theater. Well, back, I'm going to say it was the mid-90s. A, a very good friend of mine, George Wood Jr., was very instrumental in theater Sarnia throughout the years. And he'd been involved, oh, he'd been involved for quite a few years before I even got involved. And we were good friends, I was good friends with George, and George had come over for dinner one night, and he'd said to my wife, you know what, I'm directing the Christmas show, and I'm looking for somebody to produce it. So my wife said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll produce it. If I can get help, guide me, somebody certainly do what I could do. And after dinner, he left and everything like that, and I got thinking, you know what, I've always wanted to try that theater stuff. And so I went, I knew when the auditions were, of course, so I went and auditioned, and it was a, a pantomime, a Christmas pantomime that we'd done, Aladdin, and I went up there, it was a cold read, which, uh, and I'm not a strong reader, but it's a cold read, and I got the uh, part of Baron Broke, and from then on, that was 1994, December 1994, from then on, the theater bug bit me, and I just continued to audition for different things, and then got myself uh, into different stage managing, assistant stage managing, props, you know, a set construction, and different things like that. And even, of course, now I've produced and directed shows. So it's yeah, that that was my start though, was uh, just going out and just basically, hey, what have I got to lose? And I read it and got the part, and the theater bug bit me. Yeah, for sure. So which, having dabbled in all of those different types of roles. Which do you think speaks to you the most? Oh, gosh, that's a good question, Dallas. I'm thinking that I, uh, equally, I like directing and I like being on stage. Is it dependent on kind of where your life is at or how busy things are or even the play itself? Well, exactly. It's the play itself. Basically, I'm a guy that I like to direct comedies, not musically inclined or anything like that. I have directed a musical last, well, now, what was it, three years ago? when we did a Christmas story and it was it was a lot of fun but I, I'm more of a, a comedy type of guy I, I like the the farce 
the, the you know, open one door and somebody else steps out another door type of thing. I, I love that type of uh, farce comedy. So let's imagine that you have unlimited resources and there's no such thing as COVID. What play mm-hmm. would you want to perform in and what play would you want to direct? I want to direct Sheer Madness. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I would love to direct that. And and, and, and that's the type of play that's really kind of a, an audience participation type thing yeah. because the audience gets to vote who the culprit is at intermission or whatever. They vote whoever they think is the, the cause of the, the whole thing at the ending. So you have about two or, two or three different endings that you rehearse. So that as soon as you get that vote from the audience, this is the ending. This is the direction we're going tonight. So that's the, that's one that I would I'd love to direct. Not a farce, but the name is familiar to me. But do you mind reminding me the synopsis of the play? Well, it takes place a hairdressing studio place or or whatever. There's some shenanigans that uh, happen. Some faithful or. Some things that uh, that probably shouldn't happen happened, and then you've got to try and figure out, well, who's the one that is most probably most responsible for this that happened or whatever. So, like I say, that's where you've got your three different endings that you've rehearsed, but the audience again gets to choose how the outcome of the play is. That's exciting. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then every night could be a different iteration of the play. It is. It is. You know what? We've always said whenever I do a play, sometimes. You get out there and even just doing a comedy or, or whatever play, you do a different play every night and, and you're not supposed to be doing it, right? I mean, you could drop lines here or, or something strange happens on stage. And so, yeah, but this one is meant to, Cure Madness is meant to be a different ending unless the audience votes uh, the same ending uh every night which i i would find kind of rare but that's the one i would like to direct as far as what would i like to uh go on stage with boy i don't know there's so many good shows out there um there's not nothing really i had the pleasure of doing the best little horrors in texas i enjoyed that i and i played uh, the sheriff in, in that one and but as far as uh again i i can't think of anything out of my head here dallas uh what i would like to do oh no it's a little bit of the hot seat isn't it it's so easy yeah. for me because i just sit here and smile at you and listen and <laughs> it's a good gig for me <laughs> yeah and just nod your head and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah super easy for me out of the plays that you've worked on then you'd mentioned was it the little what did you say the shop of Be- best little whorehouse in texas whorehouse in texas thank you like you said it three seconds ago and i already yeah, couldn't that's remember. okay <laughs> Um, what other what other shows stand out in your mind? Like I say, there there's a whack of them. Um, I like doing Shorthanded, which is one that we've done fairly recent. It was the hockey one in the dressing room. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, got back to some of my athletic roots, uh, you know, sitting around in a locker room. So uh, that was fun. I mean, we've done a million different comedies. Move over, Mrs. Markham, uh, and th- that's a British farce. And again. We've done a lot of British farce with theater, Sarnia, and but people love those. The people, I mean, I think when a person goes to the theater, they worked all day or whatever, they're going to go to the theater at night, and it's kind of like, boom, I can go and I can forget about the whole week that we just had or whatever. I can come and I can laugh, and and, and that that's why I do enjoy doing comedies. And and like I say, you can just go there and and chill out and laugh and forget about the worries in the world. What do you? about i i remember there being kind of um unspoken rule or a myth that friday night crowds were the worst crowd they were too tired and maybe not hitting the bar enough you know because because we changed our we used to run 
started starting on a Monday. We used to go Monday right through that whole week. Uh, and then years ago, then we changed it to two different weekends that we would perform and, and stuff like that. So I don't know, Friday night, because Friday night now would be an opening night crowd, correct? Uh, okay. I, I think of our shows now. So, I mean, on opening night, everybody's pumped to get on stage as it is anyway. You do feed off the audience quite a bit, as you know gives you that energy and, and, and to keep the energy and level up there. But I don't buy into the Friday night being, you know, quiet or, or whatever. I No, I don't think it is anyway. Okay. Um, and how are you involved in the theater, even with the pandemic going on right now? Is there any ways that you're still staying involved? I am. I, I actually, we just had our AGM just this month here, September, or uh, September 7th. And I've just come off the board, uh, on the board of directors for Theater Eternia. So during, through all this pandemic we've been having certainly our meetings and and decisions had to be made on what should we do what shouldn't we do and and how should we handle things which brian has been doing such an awesome job with brian Austin jr has been doing such an awesome job with in running the theater and then i also sit on the governance committee so uh, that keeps uh that's been keeping me busy and kind of out of trouble and different things like that and the government and the governance committee i mean that's where we're, we're creating policies and procedures and different things like that of how the organization should run in each position on the board or uh, what their responsibilities are and stuff like that. So how do the board of directors and the governing committee? Governance. Uh, governance, thank you. Committee, how do they differ or how do they connect? Uh, well, every we've got five different committees that are with Theater Sarnia. You've got your play reading, you've got your finance, you've got your community engagement, your governance, fundraising. So all those committees meet and basically, so if I'm on the governance committee, I work with the group on all the policies and procedures and everything like that. And when we're ready to have some type of a policy put in place, then we take it to the board. The board gets the final yeah or nay. But the board doesn't have the time to work on all these different policies and things like that because, I mean, it, it's time consuming. So that's why we have all the different committees. Or if you're on the play reading, of course, the production committee or something like that, you're in charge of, of making sure that you bring the play bill forward and, and the board doesn't have to go chasing oh what plays are we going to put together that's done by that committee and and so on and so forth so i think the difference is not that the board doesn't do any work the board does a lot of work the board oversees and basically gets the final approval on whatever the committees are bringing forward to them so that whether they're good or bad and and the board can refuse to say you know we don't have enough information can you guys take that back and work on that a little bit more and so that type of stuff happens everybody that sits on the board of directors is on one of those committees whether it be community engagement production finance government you know everybody on the board is a committee member as well and can just anybody get involved in either of those groups yes you, anybody that wants to if you've got a real strong background in policies and procedures you can get involved by contacting the theater and and saying hey listen i really like to come on the governance committee and see what i can do to help out the theater that way some people always thought well i've got to be a board member to sit on these committees you do not you can just like i say if you've got something that you're you're there that really you know where there's community engagement and you say hey i've got all these great ideas to help bring the group together type of thing and i'd like to reach out to somebody and maybe get involved some way hey there's always 
and they're always accepting people to say, hey, come on in and, and let's see if uh, we can't get something going. And a lot of the people then that have been committee members, then they may seek to go to the board of directors. And, and once they get their feet wet with how the organization runs, different things like that. So, yeah, that's so. So what's the procedure for the board? Like how often are new members introduced to that uh, group? Well, this year uh, we had actually four new members come on the board. We have a board of 11. So they're voted in this year. They all have a three-year term. And other board members, of course, that are sitting in an existing board or uh, remaining board members, they may have only have a one year left or two years left, depending on when they got voted onto the board. So after your third year, you have to, if you want to stay on the board for another three-year term, you have to run and then be voted in by the members, whether or not you're, you're getting their, your second three-year term. And you can only do two three-year terms. So six years, total of six years is the maximum you can do. And then you've got to take a year away from the board. And then again, if you want to run after that, you can again, throw your hat in the ring. Is there a set time of the year that new members go? And Well, uh, because they're always voted in it, our AGM in September, that's usually when we vote on any new board members or because any member can come in and to the AGM and find out, hey, how's this business? How are we doing anyway? So usually by, I think it's by about the 15th of July, people who want to apply for the board have sent their application in and basically it has to be in by the 15th of July because we have to get our uh, AGM agenda out 30 days prior to the AGM. So it was September 7th this year. So by August 7th, everything had to be out. So by the middle of July, we would have had everything kind of collected and in place and then we would have been able to send everything out. So so next year, basically, there'll probably be a recruiting. They might put it out by an email where it says, hey, we're now taking applications for Theatre Sarnia Board of Directors. That usually comes out about May, the end of May. And do you need to have been on one of the committees or have? No, uh, you don't have to be on one of the committees. Previous experience, if you've had it on other boards or whatever, it's certainly a, a plus, but you can basically come in very raw, not knowing or anything like that. And if you're the proper candidate, you got to sell yourself to the members, obviously, to get their vote. It's, uh, yeah, the whole procedure, is, it's kind of cool to, to see how it happens. And, and then, like I say, once you get those applications into the chairman of, of the board, then you meet them and they brief you on what's all involved in, in sitting on the board of directors. And, and if you want to, then uh, you pursue that. Where you go? Um, maybe we'll, we'll chat about something more fun now that I've been drilling you with all these hard questions. Just curious about all of those kinds of things. And maybe there'll be somebody who's listening that's also curious and want to get involved. So I don't know why, but I, I love to hear like kind of the, the funny behind the scenes stories. Maybe there's a wardrobe malfunction, any kind of funny stories that you still reminisce on and enjoy that you, you want to share? Yeah, well, I mean, there there are a couple, of course. When we were doing the Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, I like I said, I was playing a sheriff in that particular production and I had a lot of lines. And so the orchestra is, was on the stage for that that particular play we were on scaffolding and different things like that so i'm sitting right in front of where the grand piano is and Carrie beauchamp was playing the piano in the orchestra and everything like that and i'm sitting with miss mona who was the dolly parton character uh, in the movie i don't know if you're familiar with it or not and and we're just kind of having a, a sweet talk back and forth and everything like that and all of a sudden i went dry and i, I had lines i had to say to 
her, and there's only her and I on the stage. And I went dry. And it's kind of like I'm turning and looking at her, and in my eyes I'm saying, help, help me, help me, help, help me. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm kind of, oh, shucks, darn, and everything like that. Carrie Beauchamp, who's sitting behind me on the piano, all she said was two words to my line, and I was away. Oh, if she goodness. hadn't been back there, but I mean, she she recognized I was I was having trouble out there. So that that's one thing that I can remember, going dry on stage, and it's not any fun. Anybody who's oh, ever done it. It's a horrible feeling, yeah. It is a, it is a horrible feeling. Yeah. Uh, also, when I was doing, uh, again, I'll, I'll use, use shorthanded as, as an example. I was playing a goalie. I, I've never played goalie at all in, in, in any sport. But anyway, trying to put on hockey gear, okay? So I get my hockey pads on and everything like that. And I can't do up my hockey pads myself. I'm just not that flexible. So there was one of the other actors beside me would tighten all my straps on, on my goalie pads and everything like that. So the one night I get out there and, and I'd stand up and I'm thinking, I got my pads on and everything like that and I'm thinking this something feels into my head yeah. something feels really strange and finally we finished this the it's actually the first act is finished and we're at the intermission and I and I'm backstage and I said something doesn't feel right and a couple of the props ladies looked down at me and she says your pads are on the wrong leg they're backwards oh no so, so they lay me down and, and they chase with my pads and, and we go back out there for the second act and, and everything. But I mean, again, those types of things are just, like I say, you never let the audience know that there's an issue or a problem. And if I didn't, uh, like I said, I knew there was something that just, just wasn't right. right. So. And you said they, they laid you down. So did you have to like lay right down? Yeah, I lay down on my belly and, and then, <laughs> and then the yeah, behind the stage, so I'm laying down on my belly. And and, and they're undoing the straps on my legs, and then they switch the pads to the other legs, and, and they strap them all up for me, and away we went. Oh, yeah. too funny. Just sprawled out on the ground. <laughs> oh, just sprawled out, yep. Yeah, lots of fun. The theater. Any other little stories you want to share? When I was doing the, the story, Affections of May, I was playing this little, well, I played this nerd in, in that particular production, and I was hot for May, and uh, she didn't want anything to do with me, and I was trying to impress her with all sorts of just different things or different ways. So we were going to a costume party, and I thought it would be a good idea for my costume to come dressed as a bunny. A bunny. Ears flopping. A bunny. Well, like I said, I so basically, and that was a quick change, actually. And this is why Rest Your Soul, Linda Agos was one that was uh, my my dresser, I guess, you for lack of a better word. And so I would basically get off the stage, run over to her, and then she would help me put this bunny suit on, this great big bunny suit and everything like that. And every night, every night I got the bunny suit on and everything like that, I was supposed to make my entrance, and she'd give me a smack on the ass and say, hey, way you go. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure what the technical term is. When you have uh, multiple costume changes, you typically have someone that's devoted to you that... Yeah, I guess it would be like a dresser or something like that. And Dallas, if I could just touch on one last story of, of a character that I did. Please do. Um, I played, like again, Theatre Sarnia years ago. We don't do them so much now, but years ago, we used to do a lot of pantomimes. 
and it was always a Christmas show. Christmas show just seemed to be, okay, we do a Christmas show, pantomime, lots of kids in it. Well, I played in the pantomimes, I guess, and again, I, I'm only hearing this from when they used to do a lot of pantomimes in England. A lot of the lead characters, the men, would play mm-hmm. a female role. So I was playing the Widow Twanky in the one in the pantomime that we were doing, Jack and the Beanstalk. And I was, every time that I would make an appearance on stage, I was in a different dress or I was in uh, the wig they had on would change and, and I was I was this over-the-top character, almost like, do you know uh, Dame Edna? Have you yeah. ever heard of her? She's English. Back in England, they, they had a, a man who dressed up as, as Dame Edna and, and that was the character that he played and it was fabulous. Anyway, I tried to play that type of a, of, of a role as a Dame Edna. I would step on the stage and I would say, and I had this new dress on. Every time I come out on stage, I have a different dress on. And I would say to the audience, in a pantomime, you can talk to the audience. You break that fourth wall. And I say, how do I look? I was looking for the audience approval of how do I look? And it, that was so much fun. But getting back, so every course with me having to change so often and everything like that, I had a personal dresser. You know, boom, put it on, get out there, away you go. There's another story. So lovely, having all those different dresses. But maybe for you, it kind of gave perspective on what us ladies go through. Well... You know, it got to a point, Dallas, that I was even wearing heels. Nice. So be impressed, if you will. Absolutely, because I only wear heels if it's mandatory. And even then, <laughs> did you have to do the, the stockings? Um. Yes, yes, there was. Okay, because yes. those, those can be an, even more of a nightmare than the heels. Now, but I'm um, saying that I only wore the same stockings. I didn't change them every every time, oh, okay. right? I, I, I wore the same stockings the whole show, but it was just dress. <laughs> that change and the wigs that change and different things like well, that. That's good because getting in and yeah. out of stockings is not a good well, time not for so- anybody. Not something I think I want to tackle. No. <laughs> Maybe another show someday, but uh, not yet. You never know. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super cute. So are you working on any project? Anything that you want to promote or advertise or talk about? Currently, well, everything is, of course, with the last 18 months, it's been dark. Uh, although there have been some real nice variety shows. Have you seen any of the variety shows that we've, they've been doing at the theater outside? Oh, the outside shows? ones. Yeah, it's absolutely fabulous. They've been, well, there's a fourth one coming up, and that one is just after Thanksgiving, and it's going to be in inside the theater and uh, yeah not that i'm working on that one but the reason i know about that one is because i look after the scheduling of all the rehearsal halls for the theater as well yeah it is so when there was only the summer shows or the summer concert that they had in there there there's only one group using it nobody was going into the theater nobody's going into theater other than the performers that were doing that particular show to rehearse brian looked after all the rehearsal times and everything like that now that theater attorneys and announced their latest season i'm now back involved again because now we've got to start sorting out okay you need rehearsal dates here audition dates and different things for the different productions that are happening so i i'm looking after that and like i say so now i'm looking after the next rehearsal only scheduling for the next show that's happening in October, and then of course we got the three other theater starting shows: Barefoot in the Park, Fox on the Fairway, and Something Rotten, which is going to finish up next May. So I got a meeting this week, actually, with all the directors and the stage managers of each of those productions, and then we'll get their schedule put together and move forward from there. So I remember 
Fox on the Fairway, is that the same cast and everything? They're bringing that one back? Yeah, luckily, everybody that was in that one is available to come back in the time slot that they're going to do the next run of it. And, and unfortunately for Fox on the Fairway, had done all of the rehearsals. I'm going to say they must have done about eight weeks of rehearsing and everything like oh, that. No. And they were and they were ready to open up. Boom! The pandemic hit. Oh, shut it right down. How heartbreaking! Yeah. That would yeah, be so, so tough. So there was a, there was a lot of work that went into it, and thank God now that we can go back and pick that up again, and and the same cast, and I and I think everybody's agreed to come back and say, yeah, I could do it uh, at that time and everything like that. Fox on the Fairway, you, you audition for it back in 2019, and you get to perform in it in 2022 because. Uh, it's going to be it's wow. going to be next year before yeah but yeah oh hey like it happened black hole of time um, yes are the other shows are they all cast as well or will there be no. auditions and everything no there's auditions for barefoot in the park which again is a comedy that's in November, November 7th and 8th, I believe, is the auditions for that particular show. Now, the art, basically, I did say to you that the whole cast was coming back at Fox on the Fairway, but they do have an alternative audition date if they need it. So if there is somebody that is, is unable to find out before they start rehearsing again, said, I just can't fit into my schedule, they are going to have audition, but I don't think it'll be for, like I say, majority of the parts are our cast, and it's just a matter of if they need to they'll run an audition for a particular part uh something rotten which is a musical they'll will do auditions for that probably be auditions in january again when i go to this meeting on thursday night i'll know more concrete dates as far as uh, when auditions and rehearsals and things like that are it makes my heart so happy to hear that there's auditions coming up and shows coming up makes you feel like maybe there's a light at the end of the dark dark tunnel yeah and and i'm pretty excited with all the renovations and everything that have been able to happen it's been kind of like i've got a catch 22 i mean yeah we've had this pandemic theater's been closed for 18 months we've had so much success with the 50 50 draw and all of a sudden all of these things that were on the checklist to do the washrooms the box office the auditorium you know all of these jobs that they wanted to uh, wish list i guess all of a sudden boom you can check them all off because now we've had the cash to do that so and that's why i say a catch 22 or or I guess the silver lining to the COVID is once people are going to go back in the theater October, they're going to see a whole remodeled, all the washrooms are done, the auditorium is going to be all new seats in there and stuff like that. So I think that's exciting as well. I'm I'm excited to see that. Yeah, me too. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. I so appreciate that you took some time with me. Is there anything else that you want to share before we say toodaloo? Nothing I can think of. I think we kind of covered most of I was rambling on here uh i've loved every minute of it it has not been rambling in the slightest <laughs> well no i i pretty much uh that's all that unless you had something you desperately needed to hear from me oh and you know when i will think of that thing at three o'clock in the morning when i'm trying to sleep i'll go ah I should have asked Ron. Well, you know what? When you, you throw that three o'clock in the morning thing out there, the trick I have to learning lines is I find when I go to bed, I don't have my script with me. I'm in bed. It's dark and everything like that. Instead of counting sheep, I go through my lines. And that's how that and that's how I can find that it, it sticks. Most of it sticks with me that way. So I go to bed Monday night. Do Okay, act one, scene two or scene one yeah. or whatever it is. 
and I will go through it. And like I say, I always fall asleep, so I don't know whether I, I get to the end of that act or not. But I guess if it works for you. I feel like I'd get and, riled up, and I'd have to be up looking oh, really? at the script, and so I'm no, glad that works for you. Yeah, no, that, that, it does work for me. Uh, it, and then once show week comes, I'm always doing lines then. I mean, uh, any chance I get, I'm out cutting the grass, and I'm mm-hmm. running my lines as I'm cutting the grass, you know, that type of thing. So <laughs> just different stupid things, stupid ways that people do learn their lines or it seems to come naturally to some but it's definitely not for me but I'm, I'm gobbling up all these tips so that maybe I can make it a little bit easier for myself now, I, know, I do I, I do know a lot of people that sit down and they'll write out all their lines oh, okay they'll that's write, a good idea okay as they're learning them you know on the right okay this is my line here and then they write them out uh, I guess as they're writing uh, it's easier for them to keep remembering what their line is I do it a, a stupid way or a silly way, uh, either laying in bed or cutting the grass or and doing it that way. Silly if it works for you. That's the most important thing. Yeah, as long as I get on stage and I'm able to say something that sounds lines. sensible. Something that I'm sounds good. reasonably close to what needs to be said. That too, yeah. <laughs> we always say there that the script is just a guideline. You come up there and if I, if I have to say a line, I just try and get whatever out so that I know what the keyword I need to get out for the for the cue line. Oh, yeah, the, next the person. cue lines. Yeah. The cue line. Important That's thing is true. making sure everybody else knows where things are at. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. It's so nice to see your face, too. I haven't seen you in a hundred years. So, yeah. It's well, nice it's great connect. seeing you and hearing from you. And, and like I say, hey, we're, we're, we're starting to do face to face meetings in the theater now. So, mm-hmm. we're, we're moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Finally. Finally. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And uh, enjoy your enjoy your evening. Hopefully, I'll right, see you Dallas. soon for a play. <laughs> yeah, for oh, for sure, for sure. I look forward to that.